Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? It, Andrew, you sound like you're talking out of uh, uh, out of a tomato can. I, what I happened mean, to your voice? I'm talking out of a out of a MacBook Air oh, from man. an office in my home instead of our usual recording studio because I um with a new schedule this week and with a holiday and with a cold I get a little disoriented about what days were what. So yesterday I told my wife, "Hey, you good if I record with Everett tomorrow? And she said, yeah, that's good. I thought yesterday was Sunday. It it was not Sunday. No, yesterday was Monday. Yeah. So, so yesterday was Monday, a holiday. I was disoriented because they were home. She works late, usually Mondays, but if there's a holiday, she works late on Tuesdays. So here I am at home. Kid is in bed. And that was really the trigger. The reason I am not at your house is because I didn't want to like – intrude with your family or any of the other weird stuff. I also wanted my kid to go to sleep because he can be a bit of a pain. Yeah. So he's asleep in his bed. I'm in my office. You're in our office studio. In the recording there. studio. Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> here we are. We're doing it. <clears throat> you know, it's actually kind of nice to hear the phone <clears throat> side of what these interviews sound like with, with people. So now I, I've got an idea now of what we sound like to people. Of, of how terrible it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly how terrible it is. Uh, y- yeah. No, this this is our first time recording remotely, uh, y- you and I. And it's something we talked about being able to do. Y- we just have never had cause for it. Yeah. No, you know, uh, I'll say just, just sort of to get it out of the way, I kind of hate it. I'm not a fan. I like sitting next to you and being able to, like, flick paper at you and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it feels more natural, and it's it's easier, and we don't have to. I mean, we had all these like mini. You, you'd think we we would just be able to do this without thinking about it, but we we, we had all sorts of mini crises. We, I mean, we should. Yeah, started. we had about twenty minutes of <clears throat> errors. Yeah, just getting fuck ups. We're live now. We're we're, we're live. Yeah, no, it's true. <coughs> we're live. Sort of, at least. I mean, we're recording, right? Yeah, we're recording. I can't see the button. You cannot. It, it's it's red though. I, okay. Yeah, we are recording. That's it. usually my job is to make sure that the button's red. And a few times we've been mid interview or mid conversation, and the button has remained green. That's true. I just <laughs> spilled soda on myself because or uh, what what is this? It's funnier on a screen than in person. I gotta say, it, when I spill shit on myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's weird. It's it's different. Uh, I, I don't love it, but. Here we are. Alas, here we are. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again for a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the, the last time I recorded pure remote sitting in my sitting by myself in this room um, was with AJ. That's right. Yeah. With AJ Barce when you were uh, JRTC and army training army training. Uh, yeah. So I think that's the last time I recorded uh, alone. Uh, as it were. And, and that was harder, you know, that was, uh, at the end of that recording, AJ sent me his audio and I had to mash him up because that was in the olden days before we had our new equipment. Uh, I'm, I mean, I guess theoretically we could do that this time and get maybe a little bit higher fidelity with yours. I think that's what Mike 
and Kaz do is, you know, every week they record in different places and they and they mash their audio up. Uh, but nah, let's not do that. Nah, that's <laughs> exactly how I feel. That's that was exactly the word that was in my head with regard. Let's to- not have you do that because it's certainly not going to be me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want to do it. So people will just have to deal with you on the phone this week. Yep. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. My wife asked me uh, with the new equipment. She said, does that mean we can take the towel off the the beach towel off the wall in the bedroom or in the spare bedroom? And I was like, A. I said I liked the tapestries. A, recording studio. B, sound dampening tapestry. Not a beach towel. Not the guest bedroom, babe. Exactly. Yeah. But then she said, can we take it down? (laughs) I don't know. We'll have to try it. I like it. Yeah. So speaking of AJ Barce, I actually met up with AJ this week. I know. I was so bummed that I couldn't go with you. It it, it was pretty fun. You, you know, uh, it's crazy. So you, I am not a driver. I do not like driving. I just don't like doing it. I, I don't like doing it. Uh, I, I don't mind driving for, for brief stints to, uh, you, you know, go to the grocery store or whatever. But driving more than about an hour just irks me, especially... Uh, for for like an evening or something. If I drive two hours, I need to like uh, get Rest a sh- short term rental or something. You know, uh, I, I want to be there for a week or so. Uh, I just hate it, you know. But AJ had come down from Bellevue for a or, or not Bellevue, Bellingham for a conference for a, a tech educational conference, and. Uh, he was like, dude, I am in your neck of the woods, which in my head, I think, well, Portland's not really my neck of the woods, but it's more my neck of the woods than Bellingham, which is basically he drove further. Canada. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, and I, he had come down from Seattle. I think he had a conference in Seattle and a conference in Portland. So uh, w- w- drove up to Portland after work. What last Thursday? Thursday. That sounds right. Yeah. You texted me about it. And I was like, oh, man, I can't make it work. I have to work. We grabbed a couple beers. I guess he had, I think he was drinking gin and tonic, actually. Go with God, my man. (laughs) I kind of am. Yeah. Uh, And I I had a couple beers. I was on a little keto respite. Ooh, because you were traveling. Uh, Yeah, it it was actually, it turned out to be an extended keto respite, I think almost a week. Ooh. Man, you never tell me when you do keto trips, like anti-keto treks, and we can't go to like track town or yeah i think it's going to be more often now i I suspect uh i'm i'm probably going to do four or five days a month would be my guess Perfect, because we'll go do all you can eat wings at chicken bones yeah well i mean i could do all you can eat wings at chicken bones on they do they do uh i think they've got some kind of breading oh yeah they you're right they are breaded wings so yeah but so crispy and delicious i noticed you're drinking whiskey too what are you drinking uh, this is the this is the Dirty Bird, aka Famous Grouse. Uh, it is my cheap Scotch of choice. Uh, I think we've talked about this a few yeah, times. Yeah, it's a good go too. I've got Lagavulin Eight going right now. Oh, Lagavulin, like uh, like Ron Swanson. Yeah, paired with uh, some nice bush light. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. Uh, uh, I've got I, such I, a good combo. Is tell me you're you're telling me your combination is better somehow than what I'm doing? Yes, it very much is. This is it is kind of like a a Rainier a Cherry San Juan Seltzer. This is high class shit. Dude. It's really good in the wild turkey, or, or as Dave Murphy it would say, like a uh, like an old fashioned. 
as Der- Dave Murphy would say, a, a good way, a, a, a perfect way to ruin a perfectly good cla- glass of scotch or, or yeah. bourbon. Yeah. <clears throat> He so, did make fun of us. He did. No, he did. And, and then later on his Instagram post, uh, pushing the show, he made fun of us. So huh. he was a, he was a fun guest. I think maybe one of my favorite guests ever. He was. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Dave Murphy and Jeff Sexton. We actually got a request to do uh, a follow up Jeff Sexton, a follow up Elgin Elgin time uh, interview. We got a request over the Instagram this week, like a request for that. Like, hey, you guys really need to bring that guy back. Do we on. do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, we both we need to do a round table. I think that'd be a blast. Dave Murphy. It could be chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> Jess Sexton. Oh, I also got a ping. Uh I got a ping uh from it, Aggressive Timing Habits, who many oh, yeah. many of you guys will know, who said, Hey, you guys talked about Dagaz watches two weeks in a row on the show, which made me chuckle a little bit, uh, because that's true. We did. We did. We did do that. It was sort of incidental contact with, yeah. with Dave, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you had a big week. Uh, do you want to talk about it at all? Well, I mean, I had my first week of work, uh, and it was—I don't know—it was—it was work. It was awesome. I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this job. So this week will be a little bit different. I have army training. Ugh, yippee! So I get to go up to JBLM. Yeah. When is that? When and do you do that? I leave Thursday night. Okay. It's gonna suck. And then tomorrow I have uh like daytime training, like my once a month training through uh through my agency. I get to do some training. So I'm not gonna be up until six thirty in the morning, which will be really nice. I'm gonna be up until like a reasonable hour. And then get to go to JBLM on Thursday night. That's yucky. Hooray. Oh, it's the worst. I'm so mad. That's yucky. It is just pure garbage. What do you do when you get up to JBLM? Are you guys it's, actually doing real work or? No, it's the mass medical. That's the only reason I'm going. Like, ah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I'm not real pleased about it, but. Can whatever. you do that here? I mean, can you do that? Uh, Theoretically, yes. But just, there are some things that I have to do with individuals that are up there. Like I have to meet face to face with a couple folks to right. iron some things out. And uh, it's going to require my charm and charisma in person and not over the phone yeah and if need be tears because the tears could come um yeah you know actually you do you do exhibit some charm and charisma on the phone i've got to i i'm almost inclined to say we should continue to do this yeah yeah it's because the odor isn't around yeah uh yeah that's right well i I mean i I don't want to push you at all but is there anything about your first week that that was different than you expected or or more interesting or less interesting or uh because i'm curious obviously i i think one of the so one of the cool things about this the training process that i'm doing is that you get evaluated every day and i'm not usually one who likes to fail or even be subpar at things uh and the whole premise of this evaluation process is that you every day are getting evaluated evaluated kind of subjectively off of what your evaluator's assessment of somebody who's solo and has been in the job for 18 months so i'm like on a scale of one to five getting ones (laughs) you'd suck at this which is totally reasonable and it was the yeah. first time in my life that I've gotten basically an F yeah and been pretty okay about it and a little bit excited about it like yeah I sucked but you know what next time it's going to be a 1.1 cuz I'm going to do better 
uh, it's just fun. Like, I don't know. It was, and it's hard to describe. We can talk more about it. I mean, we'll get beers or something and sure. talk more about it, not in a podcast format, but it's sure. cool. It sure. was also cool, like failing and getting made fun of and then getting coached and not feeling like a failure. Cause there was some, some bowling bumpers there on both sides to make sure that it wasn't catastrophic. And it and it's productive, I assume. And there's yeah. probably some purpose to him giving you quote unquote ones. And uh... oh, they're absolutely well. I mean, I mean, objectively, if if you're looking at somebody who's just learning to do something and somebody who's already good at it, there should be a, a pretty great disparity between their performance. Sure, sure. So once once I get up to like fours and fives, that'll be in kind of my time to like flap your wings, little bird. Love it. I love yeah. it. I'm, I'm still trying to come up with a way to uh, uh, trigger a response from you in your official capacity without also ruining my career and or life. Uh, uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I've, I've had I, there's a couple ideas in the wings uh, 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 to be disclosed at a later date. So uh, yeah. I, I've ruled out most forms of robbery. Um, yep, do that. Yeah, Definitely roll those out. C- civil liability uh, involved in that, and and I'm cheap. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, driving infractions. I, I feel like, uh, especially based on you know some of the things you told me, I'd have to be sort of over the top in Eugene, and and I'm disinclined to do anything actually dangerous. So, uh, I think maybe uh, something along the lines of like uh, selling something in in public. Or a good old fashioned car crash. Oh yeah, no, I I like my car too much for that. Okay, yeah. rental. Yeah, well, that's a reasonable that's a reasonable thought. So just get the insurance. I mean, then the whole fact that we've talked about it kind of creates a sticky situation. Y- yeah, and I mean, I'd have to crash into something, right? Where I think that you 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 have an unreasonable risk of hurting someone and or. Or it's or just a spectacular crash, like you hit a curb going a pretty good speed, get some rolls, some tumbles. Yeah, everyone shows up to that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it's going to be something along the lines of uh, uh, something along the lines of of something that's not illegal, but but that is going to make people feel uncomfortable. Like maybe open carry in downtown or something. You could take up criminal defense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know what? I was at the courthouse this morning on a hearing and there was a there was a bunch of just obviously cops sitting there. Uh yep. and I thought, oh, that'll be Sunday, that'll be Andrew. Just just waiting to go to court. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, we're, uh we're talking about watches today. We should. I no, we are. We can. Oh, I, okay. Then yeah. I are. assure you we will. I assure okay. you we will. Uh, you know, I gotta be honest. I don't know where this goes, where this episode goes. Uh, sometimes you send me uh, episode ideas, and I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, that sounds awesome. Sometimes you send me episode ideas, and I'm like, eh, there's plenty of material there. I don't know how interesting it is. This was one of those. Uh, I agree. I think this kind of falls into one of our like type of watch categories. Mm-hmm. Talking you know, whether we pilot watches or divers or any of other type of watch, I think this is kind of where that falls. Because it's not especially interesting. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll dive right into it. We're talking titanium watches today. And I got to say, I was expecting there to be a lot more excitement associated with the development and um, getting to market of titanium watches. And there isn't. 
No, it's there it's isn't at all. Boring. It just kind of showed up on the scene. Citizen did a did a limited edition in 1970 of their X8. And they made 2,000 titanium case watches, and then people were like, "Cool, I guess we can make titanium watches." And they started doing it, and they showed up as either limited edition or they showed up as, um, you know, a staple in their catalog. And they there's nothing really special. And I was kind of hoping there would be this triumph to getting titanium watches to the marketplace, and I was let down. Yeah, well, was it the same for you. It, it it was well no I don't know that I was let down I I don't think that it's a particularly exciting development in terms of uh in in terms of any sort of capability or uh in, increased performance certainly there are some some benefits to titanium watches uh I I do feel a, I I did feel a tiny bit surprised that it took as long as it did for titanium watches. And and I think some of that has to do with um, the, the advancement and the refinement of titanium, the, the actual finding of the material and, and the refinement thereof. But there was a lot of titanium production in other industries at that point. Turning it into watch cases was kind of nothing special, mm-hmm. especially in 1970. And, and we look at titanium. We look at a metal that is lighter than steel mm-hmm. it is hypoallergenic but who gives a shit right who is i don't know of anyone uh, upwards 10 has, to 10 to 20 percent of people in the world are allergic to nickel uh so that that's it you know i i, I hear what you're saying and, and in fact i i don't off the top of my head, know anybody who's complained of that, but but statistically, ten to twenty percent of people are, uh, a, a, at least in some degree, allergic to nickel, which, which I, is I, which is found in almost all stainless steel alloys. And and totally understand, but the only person that I've ever come across who has ever had an issue with wearing a watch and having an allergic reaction has been so. There's been two people. You were one of them, and it was with your silicone watch band that was just dirty. And the other person was with a leather watch band that I assume was also just dirty. You, you know, had like a kind of gnarly, icky rash. There are a number of people on the forums. You know, watch you see, there are a number of people that have a nickel allergy. So it, it's not it's not as uncommon as you might imagine. Uh, but, but with how that, severe is it though? And is it, I mean, I guess part of the question then is, is does every company steal then have varying amounts of nickel present that would have, would trigger a varying amount of allergy? I mean, is, is one person going to respond negatively to a 2% alloy or 2% nickel versus a 5% versus a 6% or, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, that would be my guess, yeah, that it's like any other allergy, right, where where some people are going to be more prone to to reaction than others. And, and, and certainly within grades of steel, there are uh, different levels of, of nickel content and, you know, different alloys. So, uh, yeah, you no, know, I, I think that that hypoallergenic feature is something that it, if it matters to you, it probably really matters to you. Yeah, uh, and there's plenty of titanium watches out there that can fit the bill. Yeah. So I just want to go over a couple more traits. So um, it costs more. 
because the refinement process is just a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, Although it's not particularly rare. No, I, and I, I think probably because of the hardness of it, there is some refinement challenges that don't exist with stainless steel. Um, it's lighter. I might have already said that. Uh, so you can get things like the titanium Nighthawk, which mm-hmm. is no longer available and is also like 500 bucks. Um, when I saw the titanium Nighthawk, I was like, they make it in black too. They have a, they have a coated black Nighthawk in titanium. I was like, Ooh, Ooh. I feel like if you're going to go titanium, you don't get it black though. You, you bask in that dark gray uh loveliness that is a titanium's natural shade maybe but i uh, that's actually so it's harder but scratches easier than stainless steel and and the one thing that that's biggest to me stainless steel looks better i think titanium barring a few examples has less versatility than stainless steel in the way of appearance yeah. You can dress up and down stainless steel pretty easily. Titanium kind of has a has a maximum threshold for how good it's going to look because it has that gray, almost like the uh, kind of like the Seiko fives, the uh, blasted, like the, the, the OG SNK blasted look. Well, um, you know that that's interesting. So certainly, stainless steel is brighter. I mean, just in and of mm-hmm. itself, in any in any finish, it's going to be brighter. Uh, I, I also think that it holds a polish better, and I and I suspect that's what you're saying. There, there's a th- the thing about titanium that makes it um, hypoallergenic, and that it makes it more resistant to uh, uh, oxidation. You know, in particular, uh, corrosion from from salt or whatever. Anything. Is, is because it nitric acid it forms a natural layer of oxidation uh, of of aesthetically not unpleasing but but not uh uh o- oxidation but but what it does is it prevents it from being bright and mm. shiny uh it, it gives it a natural sort of matte finish you're doing jazz hands I was doing jazz hands because whenever I hear bright and shiny, uh-huh. I always think of the movie Bubble Boy. Okay. <laughs> and the uh, and the kind of weird cult people, he's saying bright and shiny. They were like a hippie, hippie bus. And they do jazz cool. hands. They do jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I, I can't, you know, you, you've been very diligent about muting your microphone, but it seems like perhaps I yeah. you've got, you've got some funk. I'm just right on the end of a cold. I'm getting better. Uh, talking mm-hmm. doesn't help. Yeah, no, I bet. So I podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that's happening to you. I'm on the mend. I'm, I'm sorry, better. Boo. But one thing about the shininess, Seiko and Citizen have developed a process by which they superheat treat and blast with uh, ions their titanium, and it comes out looking very similar to stainless steel it's and i've not gotten to glass see... glass coating mm-hmm. right i haven't got to see any of these in the metal and they're on the cheap so i might be buying one soon because i dig the idea of titanium and i'd like to see that process actually in person what the results are because if you can treat titanium in such a way that it looks like stainless steel and it doesn't scratch because that's an issue with titanium is that it can scratch even though it's somehow harder i don't really understand why but it shows scratches and dings and all the other shit a little bit easier but i 
I'd like to see that process in person. Because if that's it, that could be the end-all be-all once they make it a cost-effective way to make watch cases. I muted myself and then I did not unmute myself. Yeah, no, that is uh it's super interesting to me. I I wonder if you'd miss if you'd if you lose something of the titanium charm though. Uh that would be my concern. I I mean the titanium charm is there, but I I feel like the titanium charm is the coolness of titanium, the fact that it's super light, it's virtually indestructible, and not necessarily the color. Like the the Helsin Diver is what comes to mind, or the, even the Bertucci. Sure. Two watches I really, really like. That, like the Helsin Diver, you can you could maybe get away with at work as a dive watch, and, well, and, and it's a, the, bracelet. the bracelet's an issue. It, it's but a smaller. Is, it's a smaller dialed watch. The color is the issue for me. You can't like I just feel like a gray watch as opposed to a polished watch limits your ability. And the in fairness, that's what titanium watches are kind of built around. They're built around that active lifestyle, that doing stuff, that go try and destroy this because you're not gonna be able to idea. And they're not necessarily meant for the same versatility that you know people like you and I are looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, also partly because we don't have any kind of nickel allergies, but yeah. For the non-nickel allergens or allergy folks out there, I just want it to be brighter. <laughs> you reason. you want it for them? I want it for me. Oh, okay, okay. And and for the people who are allergic to nickel, I want you guys to be able to wear bright colored watches, some shine. Now you you said a thing, uh, and I want to ask you about it because maybe you know the answer, and and I don't because I'm not a metallurgist or or someone who's who's found the answer to this particular metallurgy question but you said and and it's a thing that i read too um that titanium is harder than steel um i I suspect that there is some nuance to that statement that it's either a not true or, or that B, there's some nuance. I don't know enough about metal, and maybe you at home listening can shed some light, uh, assuming Andrew cannot. Um, I know that titanium is, quote-unquote, stronger than steel, um, but I wonder if that it also means harder than steel, because I I have a feeling that titanium is softer than steel, that, that um, at least on its surface, it's more prone to scratching than steel. So what I was able to read is that titanium, steel is an alloy, right? Like steel encapsulates, it encapsulates a huge swath of this metallurgic composition. And not all steels are made equal. Now, most watches are using like 361 or 316L steel or 361. Yeah, 316L or 904 for There's a couple compounds that are generally used in watchmaking. And there's a variation and every everyone has their own kind of, I imagine, recipe for that same kind of steel. Now titanium generally is stronger, lighter, and scratches easier than many steels, not all steels. So I, I imagine it's kind of it's gonna fall into one of those mid-grade 
uh, prone to scratch steels. Yeah. So 50% of steel is going to scratch more. 50% of steel is going to scratch less. Seiko and Citizen were able to develop this process by which they superheat and ionize and make it as scratch resistant as resist as scratch resistant as their 316 and 904s that they use in their main catalog of watches with with the dia shield or whatever right yeah with with whatever happens during that super sciency process but i think you're right in saying that it's stronger not necessarily more scratch resistant and i don't i don't really understand how that difference stronger it, harder softer uh yeah those are it's words. Somehow harder it's about stronger and softer yeah yeah no that's right you know it, it's it makes me think of uh it makes me think of uh yes. knife making right you, you know mm-hmm. one of the things that people do in knife making is they will uh temper the spine and the blade of a knife to different hardnesses you want you want the the blade that blade edge to be extremely hard but you want to uh get some softness in that spine so the whole thing doesn't snap um and, and so i i understand some of the principles at play that that there's uh stronger quote unquote stronger that doesn't necessarily mean harder so uh yeah no it's it's an interesting idea i'd love to know more about it but but sort of in in spite of my efforts, I could not I could not find an answer that I felt comfortable bringing to the microphone today. One of the things that I was looking at was talking about metallurgy doesn't use the term stronger. It talks about the term life cycle, and what it what it was saying generally was that say a um, a rod like a uh, what were they using as an example? They were using some kind of of spinning shaft in a piece of machinery they prefer titanium because the life cycle is longer than that of steel which is just meaning that it's breaking down at a much slower rate Mm -hmm. and and i think the surface scratches are kind of irrelevant when the when you're looking at the overall structural integrity of that uh of that shaft so though steel might scratch slower you said the shaft i said shaft a few times (laughs) and structural integrity um so when you're looking at that structural integrity, it holds, even though it might show some surface wear. Uh, and honestly, I think the the surface wear of like your Bertucci is really charming. It's kind of polished. Yeah, that's right. And I it, agree. It's where it has led to a polish and it's lost some of its edge, which means it's it's kind of, I mean, eroded is maybe the word I'm looking for, but I can't quite decide. Yeah, no, I think that that's it's accurate. Okay. Yeah. I think that's accurate. Yeah, no, it, it's it's sharp edges have sort of uh, become softer, and, and certainly it's got. But but I agree, uh, it, it is charming. It, it works really well on that watch in particular. Um, you, you know, but other watches I could see, I I, I wouldn't like that. So um, yeah. It's oh a, no! Can you imagine if your SKX took on that color after years of wear? Yeah, I think I might like it on the SKX too, but but certainly I wouldn't like it on a watch like my Sarb. Uh, no, definitely not. You, you know, something more dressy. So, uh, yeah, no, I, it, it's interesting. Um, it, it, it's an interesting concept, and, and someday maybe I'll know more about it. <laughs> and I think what it comes down to is that titanium is, you know, barring these few methods, you're just not going to get a a dressy appearance out of an affordable titanium because there's some ap's and there's some 
some Panerais out there and some, mm-hmm. uh, there was one other that I looked at that came in titanium that came in like north of what I make in a year. Um, you know, you get a lot of Breitlings out there. And I think, I think Breitling and pilot watches kind of of that ilk really should be made of titanium just simply for the, uh, for the story behind it, you know, the aerospace integration or that's not the right word. Inclusion. The fact that aerospace technology is using a lot of titanium, it'd be super cool to be wearing a titanium watch when you're flying a jet. Right. <laughs> it's just I can't I, I don't have that kind of money to spend on titanium watches. And and we talked about a um a pulsar, maybe a Seiko subsidiary. It was a titanium for like under a hundred bucks. Had to be Yeah, I assume that is a pulsar. Yeah, Pulsar makes a couple of titanium watches. They they do a good job with those. So, you, you know, uh, I think that that's probably a, a good stepping point for us to actually start talking about some watches because we, we've done the thing where we say, ah, if you're looking for affordable watches, this might be what you like. Uh, you, you know, everybody should have a Citizen or, a, excuse me, a Zen T1. Citizen Nighthawk. Well, Citizen Nighthawk, yes. But, but perhaps a Zen T1 um you, you know one of the neatest watches on the face of the earth like, but not everybody has four grand to drop on one of these things so what what about you sitting at home with uh 125 dollars on your amazon gift card balance uh what what should you perhaps be looking for in a titanium watch and and, and i guess andrew if you don't mind i might kick it off uh do be, it because i i have a watch that uh, that I'd like to start with. This is a watch that I have long uh, had in my uh, to-check-out pile. <clears throat> and it's just sort of an interesting combination between um, uh, pr- price, the, the amount of money to get the one that I want versus where it would fit in my collection uh, because of other watches I have. But this is the Momentum Atlas. And, and oh, they make yeah this in a couple different sizes i am inclined to like the 38 there's also a 32 and a 44 and um 32 i think reality is 32 is too small for me and uh 44 is well outside of what i would wear but this is a fairly uh classic looking field watch is what it is uh it comes on a titanium bracelet it's got some very neat curved uh lug integration um and it's just sort of a no shit hundred meters screw down crown field watch uh it's got a quartz movement so it's quote quote unquote grab and go um it's got a great knurled uh crown it's got flanged sides. Uh, you, you know, all in all, it does give a sort of zen vibe, I think, although it's certainly not going to be to that level of, of care or precision. Uh, I think th- these watches are just incredibly neat. Um, incredibly neat, very simple, uh, uh, I assume very easy to wear, um, and, and just sort of a no-nonsense watch. And titanium is such a perfect material for field watches because a field watch, I, I, I would feel comfortable paying one, I mean, north of a hundred dollars for a field watch. And if you tell me it's going to be made of titanium, 
I'm going to feel comfortable paying north of $150 for a field watch because you're going to get that that kind of charm of the titanium color. And you know you're going to get a field watch that is going to do everything you expect a field watch to do. And this is 135 money. I yeah, you, you know they they come in as much as two eighty five, you know, almost three hundred on a uh, on a bracelet, and perhaps there's some third parties that you could get it for a little bit cheaper. On the Amazon, it says Momentum Men's One M SP zero zero B one Atlas Titanium Watch with Black Band. Yeah, I think that the the premium on the straps on these is quite a bit. Um, yeah. I, I or the bracelet. I, I think that on a bracelet, these things are about a hundred dollars more expensive than they are on the Oof. on the strap. Oof. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it's not. It's not a small amount of money. Is it a titanium bracelet? It sure is. It sure is. Uh, so if that's if that's what you want, you're going to pay a premium for that. And yeah, and, and is, I would get that on a bracelet. Say it again. Yeah, there's a lot of titanium. <laughs> Uh, but you know they have uh, they have uh, a, a fairly simple oyster type bracelet. Um, yeah, again, I, I don't think that's a whole lot that needs to be said about it. It's a pretty, it's just a no nonsense watch, three o'clock crown, um, and I think it's great. And and this would maybe be my first stop if I was pretty serious about buying uh, a brand new titanium watch today. I think that this would be on a very short list. Mm. I dig it, but I'm going to go a slightly different route, and I'm going to go with the Seiko SGG731. A lot of the same features, a lot of the same looks. What we're getting is a, what appears to be a really classic Seiko 5 series with a black dial, the, the day date you're expecting out of a Seiko 5 series, the sword hands, the stick markers, and you're going to get that three-piece bracelet with the kind of faux-polished, almost five-piece look. It's coming in at 30. I mean, what you're basically getting here is an SNK that's titanium and with sapphire crystal. Can you give me that reference again? We usually do this before we start. What, what was the reference on that? SGG731. Mm-hmm. That's what I had wrong. And this is 122 bucks. It is pulling up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like this. How, what's the size on this guy? 38 millimeters, man. Yeah. You, you 38 know, sapphire crystal. It's the exact. It's it's the SNK. Same. I, I think it, the only difference is really the the case shape is a little bit different. And I but, and I don't like that case shape at all. Not a fan. No, not even a little bit. Those weird lugs. Uh, it's got a little bit weird lugs, but I I feel like with a titanium case, you have to expect they're gonna try to do something to be like, oh, I'm tough. It's got a kind of a little bit of a weird crown guard. It's almost got the the crown is almost cut into the case. Yeah, but it's still only thirty eight millimeters. It, Sapphire crystal. It looks like hundred meters of water resistance. It looks like a Meg- Mega Man boss to me. A little bit, yeah. No, I can definitely see that. <laughs> and it's quartz. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, what you're paying for here is the fact that it's like a titanium case. But this kind of shakes that mold of the only thing you can do with a with just with a titanium watch is wear it on the weekends or in the in like sporting. Like I I feel like this is a watch that you could wear to work and not feel like it's out of place. Like a weird gray watch out of place. You, you know, this watch comes in a two-tone iteration. Uh, I think it's the 739 or 742. With the gold. Something. Uh, and I think, actually, uh, titanium does two-tone uh, integration fairly well. Uh, I think the darker metal, that slightly darker metal, uh, plays plays really well with gold. It does brighten the gold, yeah. And and certainly that's gonna be um, that's gonna be a, a taste thing. I know you're sort of anti two tone. Um, it's kind of anti gold. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying. I like the crown on that two tone iteration though. You like the what? The crown? The yeah. Crown. yeah, that bright that bright crown. Uh, I I do think that you know Seiko in particular, as does Citizen, uh, but Seiko in particular has some very neat. Um, some very neat sort of two thousands, the the Audis, as it were. They they've got some great two tone titanium options, um, that that can be found for a song. Uh, and I really like that appeal. If I was gonna, uh, if I was in the market for vintage two tone, that would be it, th- those Seiko two tone titanium watches from the from the early two thousands would be something that I would be looking close at. I, I do, I have to say, between those two, the, the momentum and the SSG, I think we have probably just captured the, the best two entries into the titanium watch game for versatility. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very likely true. And, and and they do totally different things. They're, they're very similar watches, but doing doing completely different things. And I, I, I don't know, I just, I trust the... That Seiko bracelet too. I trust that it's going to be pretty okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think it's going to be just fine. Uh, you you know, I found that a lot of uh, it, it's probably because titanium has a reputation as sort of a spacey material, but I find that a lot of the Seiko and Citizen titanium watches have kind of, um, you you know, uh, Ridley Scott integrated bracelet situations mm-hmm. which it, it, i don't find altogether uh, unappealing uh i i, 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 I well i don't I, want to be thing i find it more appealing than i would expect so um hmm. well, all right cool one, one thing that i didn't like about citizen watches at this price point in titanium is they all also have kind of a weird case shape if you Pull up like the um, BM seven four three one dash five one E. They all almost have like a like a anadigi case shape. And this this is just an example of one, but they all kind of feel cheap. And this is a three hundred fifty dollar watch. Yeah. You, said, just, you said seven four three one dash five E. Yeah, BM, the bowel movement, yeah. 7431-51E. The paradigm. Yeah. 
You know, I actually don't hate this watch at all. Uh, it just, it doesn't, it feels cheap. Like they could have just done so much more. That, that kind of a weird integrated bracelet, kind of a weird case shape. Mm-hmm. I get that it's eco drive. It like just it, it seems haphazard to me, and that's one thing that I saw with with Citizen in their titanium line is a lot of it, throw some shit at the wall and see what see what sticks, and that's kind of how it felt in the way of their designs. You know, you make that many watches, you have the ability to, you have the ability to yeah. uh, r- really appeal to everyone at at some level. So, but yeah, there's a there's a problem there uh, when when you look at some of these watches and you think this would be such a cool watch if uh, if this or if that. Um, I really like that blue atlas. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, the no. blue dialed atlas thirty eight. Uh, interrupt away. Inter- interrupt really away. You, you know, it's weird to both of us be on the computer looking at pictures and watches because usually only one of us can do it. You, you yeah, know, usually I can see like the side of the screen. I have to like lean in, and it becomes a whole thing. You, you know, uh, Citizen makes a Royal Marines Commando watch uh, that looks very similar to the Momentum Atlas. Uh, same sort of knurling on the crown and flanged case uh i call it flange i I don't know if that's the right term um the citizen i think i've got one up here the bn 0110s um also titanium these are kind of hard to find uh these are kind of hard to find now i I don't think they're selling them and so they're they're pretty expensive um and and i think you get a very similar sort of watch with the with the tight with the atlas Uh, yeah, yeah, it's even got the weird little tab on it. it that's right. It, yeah, I, I think that is like a shot for shot homage from the Atlas. Damn near, and, and you know, uh, well, and I don't know which is first. I, I don't, I don't know if you know these both are. Neither one of them is probably an, an original design. Um, they both have the same movement. I think they both have these. Miota V movements, uh, VX movements, so uh, or or very similar movements. So uh, the the citizens got a lot more water resistance three three hundred meters versus a hundred meters. So I mean, is I imagine that momentum is. I mean, it's got probably a screw down crown. I wonder. It, it does have a screw down crown. Yeah. So it, it's you know the citizens an eleven, the momentum's a ten, right? Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. we discussed, you you just don't get that many extra points for a three hundred. That's what we, we well, damn it. We meant to do that. Next time we'll score all of our watches on our yeah. sliding scale. Next time. So I, I've got another watch. I've got another watch. I think you're gonna like do it. Do me. I think you're gonna like it actually. Yeah. So what this this is an automatic. This is an automatic dive watch. It's uh, a reasonably sized automatic dive watch. It's I think forty four. Um, okay. It has a Seiko NH thirty five movement. It, it's Ooh. it's a true diver in that it's two hundred meters of water resistance, screw down crown, uh, attractive case uh, crown guards. It's made out of titanium. It's got a black dial. It. Oh my gosh, you're 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 saying all my things. It's made by a Swiss company. Talk dirty to me. That's a song, isn't it? It it, it is. It, it can be purchased for a hundred and eight dollars. Oh shit! 
Invicta Men's 0420 Pro Diver Automatic Black Dial Titanium Watch. Uh, fuck, man. I did not know these things existed. There is a Titanium Pro Diver with an NH35 in it. I actually did know that. And I looked at it and I scrolled right past it. And it's fucking awesome. Everything about it. I just here. Okay. I hate the Invicta logo. Yeah, me too. I, I don't like Mercedes hands. We've talked about it. We have. We have talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on air. We texted about it for an hour recently. When I was trying to figure out if I needed to spring for. Oh, that for was aftermarket it. hands. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes sense. You're on the air live learning about the reason for that text message conversation. Um, it, and honestly, it didn't seem that out of place. Like it just kind of yeah, seemed like it's totally something we talk about. Yeah. And like, what's the deal with Mark hands? I was like, I don't know. I hate, I, I hate it. And you, we, we talked a little bit about like, like time and place. I just don't ever think it. There are very few occasions where the Mercedes hand fits. And I think that when you put it on an Invicta. And I, I don't know, man, I just it just doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. I would change the hands on this watch and I would love this watch to death. Maybe change the dial too. You could change the dial, right? Because it's uh, you know, NH35 movement. So you could just put any old dag ass dial in there, you know. <laughs> if you only order one, it's no problem. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. But no, I, I totally dig this watch. I, I could go for it to being a little smaller, but honestly, as a diver in titanium, 44 mil millimeters is like right on the top edge of what's acceptable. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Especially in titanium. I mean, it's going to be uh, paper light, right? Uh, Those crown guards and crown are going to make it feel even bigger, though, because it's got triangular crown guards and a big crown. Yeah, no, it's going to be a hunk for sure. It's not going to be a tiny watch, but the titanium is going to make it light. Um, you, you know, that NH35 movement, it's going to be just a, a ton of fun. I, I think these are cool. I, you know, it's really cool too. say it again. <laughs> That polished center link. Yeah, yeah. It might just be stainless steel, I mean, honestly, against titanium. It, it, it like, very likely is. Brushed and, and would look polished, but that's a good pick, man. I really dig that. And that's a true diver. And that's really what titanium watches were meant for. Right, for that's just right. A tool watch. Cor corrosion, you know, uh, corrosion resistance and, and yeah, lightness. And... <clears throat> you could drop this at the bottom of the ocean. This could be on the wreck of the titanic and you could pull it up and it'd still look good <laughs> so what's your next watch there okay so next up for me i think you probably saw this coming and it is a it's a bit of a reach watch i'm actually a little bit concerned that i have the most expensive watch on the list today you certainly do and it is the helson shark diver 38 titanium black dial it's 650 bucks but i love these and we were lucky to see one of these in person and i know you weren't a big fan of the dial but <coughs> excuse me as i said i'm on the mend if you don't catch the light just right and you can't see 
the uh, hammerhead shark embossed onto the dial. This thing has a lot of the character has all the characteristics you'd expect out of a dive watch, but it's small. It's 38 millimeters. Yeah, it's a great size. It's on, rubber, it's on a bracelet. It's got way too big of a crown guard. I'm not a big fan of that. But it, it's a titanium watch. Titanium, titanium watch. Tit, tit, so titanium. I believe yeah. it's pronounced titanium. That's why I'm saying it that way. Uh, Shaft. <laughs> I mean, everything about this watch is something you like. It's got a lot of familiarity in the way that you, you it, it feels kind of SKXy with the dots and triangles. It's got nice big hands, which you're going to appreciate in the 38 millimeter. And I got to say, when I when I when Xander showed us this watch, I put it on. I wasn't a fan of the bracelet. It's got um, it, rather than a traditional oyster bracelet, it has flattened mm-hmm. oyster bracelet, which I I didn't like. And I, I felt like if they had kept that rounded edge or even gone presidential with it, that they would have been able to keep it as a little bit more of a versatile watch. But coming on rubber, this this fits the need as a as a cool as shit dive watch. And I'm not a big fan of the font on the bezel, but that's, a, that's an easy switch, right? Do they make Hopefully. this with an oyster? This, the, uh, Xander's came on an H link. No, Xander's was on like that weird ass. Was it an H link? Yeah, it's an H link. So these, these are H link, oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> which, which I, I think is fine. It's sort of the, uh, you know, ge- geometric like an oyster. Uh, some similarities there, but my complaint stands. It's an H link. I either want it to be totally flat or rounded. I don't like the angles, the sharp angles on it, because everything else about this watch is so smooth. All the angles are rounded. It, I mean, barring the crown guard, it it seems a, a contrast unnecessary with that flattened top H link. Uh, but it was a super comfortable watch. And if you go and look in pictures in it, they've got kind of um, imprinted diving aesthetics into it, whether it be sharks and a diver. And uh, this watch is just cool as shit. I love this watch. I, I, uh, when he let me try it on, I, I think I took off um, my Mako and I almost ran from the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is a, it, it is a, I um, asked him, how fast are you? Right. He was faster than you, I bet. He's a little guy. He looks, well, he's taller than me. He he looks definitely more uh, conditioned. He looks fast. Yeah, he looks. You you would have been done for. Uh, no, I I think these watches are just incredibly cool. Uh, the the dial is not for me, and, and frankly, the the aesthetic is probably not for me in terms of a daily driver. Uh, you, you know, they're very angular. They're angular to a point, uh, and, and it's purposefully so. I um. I don't love that, but if I was doing, you know, certainly if I was a diver or or if I was doing something in which elegance of case was not as as important as it is to me, uh, I, I think these are really neat. Uh, and 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 it being thirty eight, uh, it it can get away with a little bit of that angular. Uh, that angular aesthetic too. Uh, it, it gets away with it just by way of being a little smaller. Yeah, a little bit smaller. Uh, I don't know that this would be a daily driver, but I remember as I was looking at it earlier, 
you could actually choose between an Etta 2824 or a Miyota 9015, which I mean is is kind of irrelevant, but a cool feature as you're as you're buying watches. This also comes in a 40. Uh, if 38 is a little bit a little bit too small for you, but it is going to come in steel. The titanium is only available in the 38, and I really really dig that 38 in titanium. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, and the titanium works perfectly with the aesthetic too. So. Oh, it it yeah, it builds it, it builds it completely out. Well, so what have you got up next? My third and final watch. This is a watch that's not for sale uh, at, at any retail locations today. This is not a a watch that you can go to uh, Joma Shop or perhaps Macy's and buy. Uh, n- not even the Amazon, but but definitely eBay. You can find what this on fuck? eBay. This is a a watch from the Citizen Company, which we which we know and love, uh, and and it's actually one of the very first Eco Drive watches. Uh, this is the Citizen WR two hundred water resistance two hundred Solar Tech one eighty, and these are amongst the very first solar watches. Uh, I think nineteen ninety eight uh, Citizen introduced these. Uh, they are absolutely phenomenal 90s style dive watches. They're conservatively sized, 38 to 40 millimeters on most of these. The best, the best versions of these are the two-tone versions. Um, they've got a very, very 90s, uh, 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 featured bezel you you know there it, it's it's a milled uh, or a machined bezel with uh raised sort of numbers and raised indices on the bezel kind of a grippy bezel um they come in two-tone they come in just plain titanium it, it's got a similar bezel integration or not bezel cr- um lug integration to the atlas that we talked about earlier kind of a curvy lug integration i think these things are outrageously cool they're dated looking they're dated looking but they're dated looking in a way i love i love they you can pick them up for 185 to 250 dollars on ebay in very good condition uh and these citizen eco drive movements even this first generation uh are are well known for just lasting forever forever they look really g-shocky oh interesting that you say that i don't see that that rounded case shape with the integration of the bezel mm-hmm. look really g-shocky to me that is a really interesting take i i i disagree but i don't know that it i mean it, not in any sort of aggressive way yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying they there there's I mean I'm not a fan but they look super G-shocky on a bracelet. Yeah, or you know, like it, or it, like maybe even like they kind of look like the uh like the baby monsters. A little bit like that. Yeah, no, I yeah. I, I find that comparison a little bit more apt. You know, but but with that said, these do have a similar aesthetic to a watch that I didn't talk about today, although I wanted to. <laughs> Uh, my my MRG titanium JDM G Shock, mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, we've talked about that too many times for for me to have talked about it on the show. I kind of figured you would talk about it today. Uh, yeah, because it, it was finally the right time and place. It was. Yeah, this is the right time to talk about that watch, but we've talked about it too many times. So, uh, you know, these are a monocoque case, mm-hmm. uh, and it's sort of the first development of solar implementation. So these dials look like a solar panel. Uh, they look like a solar panel in a way that that modern EcoDrive watches tend to avoid. Uh, I just think these things are incredibly cool. I think they're really cool. I mean, I I can see why you do. And one's just not for me. Yeah. That one's like awesome. <laughs> fair fair enough. And, and we're not always going to agree on watches, but uh y- yeah, you know, check these but, out if you're listening, check these out because uh But being the first Eco Drive, I'm really into that. I love Eco Drive. It's such a neat movement and, and this is really uh you, you know one of the things that spiked that development. It, it had to do with the timing and where Citizen was going with its company, but uh I, I just think these are really cool. What do you got for number three? My Mr. last Roberts? up. And uh it's the Bertucci one two zero two two A two T. I just love this watch. Yeah, it's a it's a great watch. I've I've had it in my shopping cart dozens of times, and the only reason I haven't bought it, it's just a it's just a touch too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not I small. I I mean uh, that H shaped case in forty millimeters is just a touch too big, and I think really it's the lug to lug. Ooh, bush lights give me the burps. <laughs> I think it's that lug to lug that's just a little bit too long for me. But every other aspect, I absolutely love. And what is the lug to lug on these? Is it fifty one? It it might as well be a hundred. Yeah, it's a long it's a long lug to lug. Forty nine and a half. This says, but but it's a long lug to lug. And, and the that, width is right. The 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 lug width is right, but mm-hmm. the lug to lug is like two millimeters too long for me because it just sits. It covers the entire platform of my wrist. It feels a lot like the Speedy on my wrist. And as we've talked about, the standard size Speedy isn't for me, even though I would love to own one because it makes you cooler. That's an objective fact. Yeah, fact. It makes you cooler. I just can't. It's just a little bit too big. Or or the Lunar Pilot, any of these really long lug-to-lug watches just don't work for me. But everything else about this watch, I absolutely love. It's 100 meters of water resistance. The size is right for most people. It's got a super traditional field watch look to it. Four o'clock date window that I absolutely love. I mean, the, I don't know what, what's more to say about this watch. I, I, I love it. Anybody who's got a bigger wrist platform than me is going to love it and it's 130 bucks on amazon it's it's one of the and i think when you when you brought up the uh the atlas i think titanium works best in field watches because that's where that's a watch you expect scratches you want that beat up used lived in look yeah and I, I love it. You, you know, I, I think that the thing I like about Bertucci's sort of uh, shtick, I guess, shtick sounds pejorative and I don't mean it that way, but but in, in their whole uh, 
their whole emphasis is on reliability and ease of use, which is which is too which is so obvious that it's that it's almost elusive. Um, but they've got these fixed uh, they've got these fixed lug bars so you you know yeah. you, you can't really get a bracelet in there you can't really get a leather strap although they make some options uh but yeah, really you, you can wear leather nato like any pass through is gonna work that's and right. you have that you have it on that uh haviston every once in a while yep oh that's a good look for it but a leather pass through would work really well on this any kind of nylon i mean and this is a watch meant to be worn on a nylon yeah yeah it is it is and it, it looks killer. I think it'd look pretty good on like a natural leather pass through, but generally speaking, this is a this is a nylon watch. Because it's a watch you just want to like put on your wrist and bang into shit and know that nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. No, that that's right. And, and certainly it is. And I've no I don't have the A two T. I have the B one T, uh which is I think out of production now. Um, the A2T has a little bit more of a traditional watch shape to it. it it's got a bezel uh, on it that that's round, um, and, and so it, it tends to, I think, be a little bit less obvious. Uh, it's still pretty H-shaped, though. It, it is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That that's exactly right. So, well, well, cool choice, man. Uh, uh, other stuff. What do you got? Ooh. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. So I'm going to talk about something a little bit different this week. Yes. Let's talk about a shaving cream. Oh, okay. And gentlemen, and the few ladies that are out there listening, like the four of you, I don't know why you're still with us, but thank you for listening. I'm going to talk about C.O. Bigelow by Pro Rasso. Yeah. Yeah specifically the premium shave cream with eucalyptus oil. And for those of you who are still living in the uh, smear some goo on your face and shave with a five blade razor, first of all, uh, head on over to Badger and Blade and let your world be um, totally changed and consider going to a single blade, double-edged, shaving style so i typically shave with a brush and a single blade razor uh which means you gotta do a little bit of work you can't just like hop in the shower and run a razor over your face and call it a day it adds like nine minutes to your morning shave or your your morning routine on behalf of a shave which is totally worth it and i gotta say uh, i've i've gone through dozens of shaving creams and there's two shaving creams I, I come back to with regularity. And one of them is the one that I've just talked about, um, C.O. Bigelow's uh, premium shave cream with eucalyptus oil. And the other is... A- A.K.A. Prorasso, right? Wh- which is yeah. which is what I've normally used. I, I've used the same shaving cream. I think you can get the Bigelow at Bath & Body Works, but you can get Prorasso on Amazon or... or... And, and, and that's why I get the... CO Bigelow because you can get it at Bath and Body Works. So I go there, pick up some lotion for my wife, seem like a hero. Really, I just bought shaving cream for myself. The other is Tabac, T A B A C, by Moore and Words. You already uh, know. You soap. already know. Yeah. Love it. 
Love it. So that's a shave soap. But I tend towards the C.O. Bigelow shave cream because I want a little bit more of a lather on my face because I have the sensitive baby skin. Um, and I got to say, guys, you can get a, a decent shaving brush for under 20 bucks, And you can get a bowl from your kitchen. And this shaving cream for 10 money on the Amazon for a, a tube that's going to last you... I don't know. Mine usually lasts like four or five months because you don't need much. Like you put like a little, like an almond size bit out of what is effectively a tube of toothpaste into your bowl, lather that up, get it on your face. And it creates this great soapy, smooth, foamy lather on your face with eucalyptus oil that just brightens your day. It's especially great in the summer. Yeah. Um, but I used it. Uh, I use it during the week in the winter, and I love it. And if you're looking for a new shaving cream, or if you're just looking to try a shaving cream that's going to give you a nice, bright, fresh feel in the morning, this Co Bigelow with eucalyptus oil is money. A- AKA Parasso. Yeah, it's my favorite of, of all the shaving creams. Uh, it- it's not the best. Uh, shaving cream I've ever used. I think that there are better shaving creams. Uh, but with that said, the the eucalyptus, that menthol, it, it's it's money. It's my favorite. I think it's the best shaving cream I've used. It creates the right lather consistency that I want because tabac creates just a little bit too airy. Tabac, tabac. I don't know. Tabac, yeah. Tabac creates just a little bit too airy of a lather for me. I want something that's really, really greasy. You, you know, I, I I would guess, I would guess that there is some percentage, 20 to 30% of our listeners that are wet shavers. And so we're going to get all sorts of uh, Instagram comments this week about, about what the best shaving creams are. I think that in the last five to 10 years, there's been a renaissance of shaving soaps. And I think that there is some very, very high quality products on the market that put there, products definitely. like Tabac and Prorasso to shame in terms of function. Uh, but w- with that said, there's something to be said for that old school stuff. And I, I was actually thinking today as I was deciding on this as my uh, my other thing, I wonder what the uh, crossover is between Badger and Blade users and Watch You Seek users is. Well, and I know, got it pretty high. Uh, occasionally, uh, occasionally, if I'm researching something on watches, uh, I'll, I'll find myself on a Badger and Blade article or, or uh, thread where someone at Badger and Blade is talking about watches and the comments are pretty intelligent. So I, I think you're right. I think it's pretty high. I imagine it's a crossover because I, I can't imagine watch people are just like geardos in watches only. I would imagine watch people, I mean, are, are like us, where we're geardos in pretty much every every aspect of our existence. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> that's my other thing. It's a shaving cream. That, you don't even have to be a wet shaver. You can be a five blader disposable kind of guy. Yeah. And that's totally okay. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you're missing out on a really great part of your morning routine. And if you want a shaving cream, that's going to be really nice. My, my, the, I go through it, uh, significantly more when I leave it in the shower. Yeah, yeah, me too. When I do when I leave it on the shelf because my wife loves it. Got it. <laughs> um, you you know uh, I uh, you you had said uh, it lasts a really t- long time. I don't shave all that often, uh, but what I do 
do is when I shave, I usually make too much on purpose. Oh, way too much. And because I'll shave first, I'll get in the shower, I'll brush my teeth in the shower, which people think is weird. Uh, but I I'll do. brush my teeth, and and then by the time I'm done brushing my teeth, I'm ready to shave. And so after I shave, I wash my body, uh, and I will use. Wait, you get back in the shower? No, I shave in the shower. Okay. I shave in the shower. And then after I'm done shaving, I use the shaving soap to wash my body. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it is weird. Yeah, that's weird. Because uh, it's not expensive. And, and, you know, Prorasso, uh it feels super nice on the taint. Uh, on the business, I on, imagine. On oh, my business. gosh. Rundle Prorasso. Yeah. Now I'm going to try that tomorrow. <laughs> so my other thing, I watched a movie this week that kind of surprised me. I didn't expect to like it, uh, although I don't know why I didn't expect uh, I, I watched a movie called The King, which is a movie primarily about Henry V. I'm interested. Um, and, and it's based on several uh, Shakespeare plays. So it's based on Henry IV and Henry V, parts one and two. And it was very, very good. Now, my understanding is that it's very good as a piece of fiction. And there's some controversy. There's some controversy about... Uh, about the French sentiments expressed in in the King, and, and I'll just sort of gloss over that because I don't care. Um, I I I know we have some people in France that listen to the show, not very many, but we do have some people in France, and so I'm sorry if this is offensive. With that said, this movie was so good, so so stinking good. Uh, the the lead character Timothy Chalamet, uh, uh, a, a young fellow. I think that he is probably going to be one of the uh, main the the main uh, pins in our next generation of uh, young, uh, good looking, dynamic actors. He's got just a fantastic. Uh, he's got a fantastic poker face. His uh, his acting chops are, are way up there. He's been in a number of things. He also saw another movie with him called Baby Boy recently, which was heartbreaking and tragic and also wonderful. Uh, but yeah, the the King, very very good, surprisingly good. Uh, uh, and and I won't give it any sort of best of all time ac accolades or anything like that. But surprisingly good. I think it's a Netflix. Uh, straight to straight to video, straight to Netflix type deal, but it, it is a feature length, very very good film. I Are you see. text messaging? Are you text messaging while you're podcasting? Yeah, because yeah. I muted myself. <laughs> um, so I've watched the trailer for that about a dozen times, and um, my usual time to watch movies by myself. Is being taken up by podcasting. I was going to watch it tonight. I also watch started watching um, Raising Dion with my wife. Yeah, that's really good. It's like a, it's kind of like a, um, it's like Lost, but with a better story. Because <laughs> like Lost, Lost had no story. Yeah, Lost had no story. It was just a bunch of shit. And I read this. I read this uh, article with an or this interview with one of the writers, and they were like, "Yeah, no, it was kind of like a shtick there. Like we would just throw things in and um, never intend to answer that question." Yeah, no, they never answered anything. The whole fucking they, show, they never answered a single question. That was their thing. They were doing that on purpose. Yeah. But raising Dion, they're kind of answering questions as we go. 
um, kind of supernatural, kind of like, uh, I don't know, kind of the, the ilk of shows that are coming out that are like a little bit Armageddon-y, like story heavy, kind of like special individuals, like select individuals kind of thing. Definitely worth a watch up to this point. Well, as you're on your second uh, other thing, which was not uh, accounted for in the time, do you have anything else that you want to talk about today? I don't, man. I'm done. I'm it. It's over. Well, then I guess we probably better wrap it up. Uh, Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash 40 and 20 that's where we get all the support for the show to pay for hosting it's a modest amount of money but it does it does help uh more than you might know um don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye